Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and expertise on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, how are you this fine day? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's, the weather is finally, it's beautiful out. It's warm. You can, you don't have to wear a sweatshirt outside. It's, uh, and it's, it's probably never going to come back. You know, it's going to be the hottest summer on record and we're all going to melt into the ground and that'll be the end of humanity. Well, that's a, that's a very bleak way to start this. I was hoping for something better, but I guess I'll have to take it now. No, it's all, it's uh, all going to be bleak for me, uh, this year. Uh, that's a promise to all the listeners out there. I will be as bleak mm. as humanly possible. That'll, that'll probably get people to listen, right? Uh, sure. I mean, I guess maybe we could like be the number one downloaded podcast on the. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what network. Like the uh, the goth. We could the, go. We could switch to like the goth network. Is like the, goth fantasy basketball hour. The De- the Debbie Downer hour. Sure. I mean, great. Are there are there goths anymore? Are there goth kids anymore? I don't know. I haven't been this a kid a, in a long time. This is a question you're going to have to ask someone who may be a child. Can we get a child on the podcast? Is anyone willing to put yeah. their child on the podcast? Listen, if there, if there are any goths out there or parents of goths, uh, tweet at us, at Tyler P. Watts, at Watch the Boxes. Uh, I'm just curious that if that sub-genre of, of click, uh, high school click, still exists. I'm just I'm curious. I, I wonder if that's like gone the way of the uh of the like uh travel agent got replaced by the internet all <laughs> that the way of the dude gone the way of the travel agent i liked how you went with the travel agent i'm i'm a fan there's no fucking travel agents you, you can book a flight online and you can get all your angst out before you leave the house on the internet the internet's taking care of both of those things so uh i i'd just like to know if the goths still exist uh but Speaking of bleak, Tyler, um, this is going to be a bleak show, apparently. Kevin Durant um, in the, uh, what was that, game five? Game four? Game five, my friend. Game five. That's right. Game five. Um, Comes back after uh, all the criticism on NBA Twitter. And you know what? I blame NBA Twitter for all this. Like, NBA Twitter has been absolute nonsense really off the rails this uh, NBA playoff season. The narrative on legitimately every player has changed over, you know, 48-hour periods. You know, Steph's great, Steph's terrible, Steph's great. Steph's great, but still terrible. Like, all those is they don't need KD. They really need KD. It's the worst thing that ever happened to KD. It's the best thing that ever happened to KD. Um, all this nonsense. And uh, KD comes back, plays in Game 5, hurt. And uh, it looks like, actually, I think we know, we know by now, he has torn his Achilles uh, and he has undergone surgery, a devastating injury for anyone who uh, plays the game of basketball. Not a very good track record for people coming back from Achilles injuries. Yeah, and and so um, obviously we saw this already this season with J.J. Barea and, you know, we've seen a few of them in, in recent years. Uh, 
DeMarcus Cousins, right, last year. And all reports are they're actually getting better, right? There was a time, like, in the 70s and 80s where if you tore your Achilles, basically your career was over. Yes. Um, so things are getting better. Um, if we want to talk the fantasy angle of Durant's injury, um, that is probably a no-go next year in the sense that – so um, I mentioned, right, J.J. Breitorn. I've been doing a lot of research on Achilles tears, you know, trying to figure out where he's going to be, what he's going to look like um, coming back next season for my other job. So um, basically the fastest person to ever come back – from an Achilles injury is Wes Matthews. He tore his ACL in March in 2015, and then he came back and played on opening night the next season. And that's pretty much, I mean, pretty close to unheard of. I think Kobe Bryant came back uh, probably a little bit later than Wes Matthews did. Uh, but but Wes Matthews Rudy kind Gay, of a lunatic. Like Rudy Gay was kind of also in there. His was like eight months after he tore it, he came back and played. Um, yeah, but you know all those guys definitely um, lesser of a player. Um, some of them taking huge uh, hits, huge falls well, in and their in their pro- production, especially um, that first year. Because so you're allowed to shoot and do a lot of things during your rehab, but you're not allowed to like take a full jumper. You're not allowed to jump up in the air and put all your weight back down on that leg. So we've seen particularly the three-point shooting of all those players in the first season at least take a massive hit. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's true. All of those players take a long time to get back in. And, and I'm guessing, you know, the average, the average, I guess, time away is going to be almost a year. The average um, return is uh, like just under 11 months. Yeah. About a year. So we're looking at what, March, April, at very, very best March and April. So the next well, season yeah, is shot I mean, for Kevin Durant. If he if he could if he could do the Wes Matthews, right? Wes Matthews returned in seven months. Yeah, so, I, I just don't I just don't so, think it's gonna happen. So at, but at this point, right? So like, okay, let's just play this scenario out. That would make him return in January, right? Now that's the bat. That's the absolute top scenario. Well, I guess so it's semi similar to what happened with Boogie, right? Um, so if you're heading into your draft next season and you're going, well, you know, at best, at the absolute best case, I could get this guy from January to whenever your season ends, right? Probably somewhere March, maybe the first two weeks in April if you play the entire season out. Like, sure, Kevin Durant is, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, maybe one of the more underrated players in fantasy. And, you know, is always deserving of being in that top tier. But, you know, to even want to pick that guy, especially in a head-to-head league, like, you know, if the playoffs start at the beginning of March, you're going to get one month of production out of it. Yeah. At best. Yeah. If you're in a redraft league, I just say it's a no-go. I think if you're in a in a longer team league, a keeper league, uh, maybe now's the time to kind of make a if you if you need to take a risk in order to be better, go ahead and take that risk. If he's if if KD can be a good keeper based on your keeper values, your keeper penalties, uh, rules, etc. Uh, someone who had KD was hoping to fight for a championship. Now they're not going to take advantage of that. 
Uh, get Katie on your team, hold them in your IR trade, you know, buy low, sell high. And um, you could buy low on KD right now if you're in one of those 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 longer term keeper leagues. But I, you know, oh. if you're playing a redraft league, it's over for KD. And that's real sad because KD, you know, quite frankly, could have been the best player in fantasy basketball. We said this in our last podcast when we were talking about our top 60. We started out with the top 15. And uh, KD was one of our few picks that had the potential to be the number one overall fantasy basketball player next year. And I'll put it on record as saying I don't think he plays a game. I don't either. 2019-2020 season. I don't Do think. you think he signs a max contract? Yes, 100%. He's going to sign a max contract without the ability to play next year. So here's kind of what his options are. I mean, if people are interested in this, I mean, and I'm sure you can get this from plenty of outlets, but he has a $31.5 million player option with the Warriors. So he could obviously opt in and play. They have that next season, right? Or he can opt out of that and be a complete free agent, right? Uh, His starting salary on a max contract would be $38.5 million. It's pretty good. So so he gets seven extra million by opting out. So he's going to opt out. Uh, I think he will get some some long and some short term max contract offers. Like, if you're a team like the Knicks, all right, and you know you struck out on Kyrie Irving, and you know you struck out on the plethora of other all stars who are going to be free agents this summer, and Kevin Durant's the last one sitting there, and he says, "Okay, I'll come to New York and play, but you got to, but I'm only going to do it on a two year deal, but it's got to be for the max." Isn't New York going to do that? Pay him uh, seventy. Well, pay him. Pay him seventy. Whatever it is, seventy-four million to. You know, to get one season, I could see it happening. It might be what? a little unfair to use New York as your uh, guinea pig for this, considering New York is well, you know, known for making really boneheaded moves throughout the, the last X amount of decades. Uh, well, and I mean, you you saw the points. I mean, people have been making it right. Like he's a a been a player who's been worth way more than the max, right? Like he's a top player in the NBA. He might be the absolute best player in the NBA right now. So you know, to offer him a four year max, any of those teams with cap space, knowing that basically you're only going to get three years of production out of that, and even if we see him, you know, the Achilles injury affect him a lot. I mean, what he's still probably a top sixty player. Oh, eighty um, percent of KD is is better than a top sixty player. That's what I'm saying. So you know what I mean. So I don't see why some of these teams like Brooklyn and those guys won't be willing to just go. Yeah, man, here's a four year max. We understand you're not going to play next year. We're cool with that. Yeah, I think someone someone's going to bite. Someone's definitely going to bite. I just uh, I wonder who it's going to be, and that will be interesting. And this will be an incredibly interesting off season and we will be bringing you it's i mean it's about to it's about to kick off the finals are almost over the uh draft is looming and we will be bringing you a draft a special report from our houses after watching the draft not from the draft at all and uh, and also then free agency kicks in right then like it's gonna be great i'll say i'll go on record of saying this right now the draft may be my favorite day of the the nba calendar I just, man, I love the draft because because we always see a big trade like right in that like maybe it's not exactly that day, 
but maybe like a day before or during draft night, we always see a massive trade. And man, I don't know. It always gets my juices flowing. Well, speaking of potential trades, let's get right into our top 60 rehash from last year. If you listen to our last podcast, uh, you know the rules. You know what we're uh, about to do here. If you did not, go listen to the last podcast. You might have to skip ahead a little bit to get to the top 60, just like you'll have to do on this one. But we are going looking at rankings for eight category total values um, for all the players last year. And we are going through last year's top 60. Um, and we are going to figure out basically what we thought about. We're going to talk about what we thought about them, how they performed and what we expect from them next year. And in the last episode, we went through that top 15, uh, obviously KD now, sadly, uh, undraftable, but at number 16 is a potential draft night trade away from being in a completely different situation. This was, uh, the ever frustrating Anthony Davis, um, number 16 in total value last year, a cat. He only played 56 games, which is why, uh, still surprisingly, by the way, 56 games played still number 16 overall, pretty freaking nuts. He might be on a new team next year. He might play with Zion next year. Either way, he's going to be Anthony Davis. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to say about his season this year and what to expect next year? I just want to know why Rich Paul hates the Pelicans. Um, Rich Paul is not good for the NBA, and I'll I'll stand right on that. That guy's trash, and uh, I'll probably never get a, a, a deal signed, or we'll never get any of his clients uh, to talk about fantasy basketball on the podcast after saying that. And I'm okay with that because uh, Rich Paul is trying to manipulate the entirety of the league uh, using. LeBron's blue trip value and the, uh, I guess the leverage of clutch sports, which feels like it still feels like, you know, like LeBron can manipulate teams, players, salaries, and he owns an agency where he makes money off of it. Like he's part owner of that. Like, I don't know. It feels a little like betting on baseball. Like it's, it's very suspicious. Rich Paul in the middle of all that. And I also I honestly think Rich Paul, uh, I thought he ru- ruined all the chances that Anthony Davis would go to the Lakers next year, and they're right back into talks about going to the Lakers. Yeah, well, I mean, he basically he came out, and I don't know if you saw this, he came out today and said that you know he's not signing a deal with any team. He's just not going to do it. That, yeah, you know, that no Boston what, would be a one and done. Yeah, well, and, and he said any team. Right, and I, I guess the whole thing is he's trying to maybe leverage it so they take the Lakers' offer, which is not that good, right? Nope. And you know, then the, his two big clients get to play together. I mean, I don't really know what the end game here is, but you know, his word is he's going to be a free agent in twenty twenty, regardless of whichever team trades for him. So obviously, that's going to hurt the Pelicans' chances of getting a massive deal. Um, as far as fantasy stuff, though, I mean. Anthony Davis is a top five pick, regardless of what happens, unless he tears his Achilles, right? Yeah. Um, I, well, I think he is. He should be a top five pick, and you know, if he doesn't get traded by draft night, 
I guess maybe that clouds things a little bit because, you know, towards the trade deadline, they might sit him out a little bit and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, there but, might be some weird shenanigans going on, right? But regardless, he's he's still going to be a top five pick for me yeah. as long as he's healthy going into the season. Overall, I'm not worried about it. And this is why if he doesn't get traded and there's some weird shenanigans, he's eventually going to get traded. Uh, I know the Pelicans uh, organization is kind of weird and they might actually be the one team that goes, well, screw everybody. If he wants to sit, go ahead and sit. And we're not going to trade you until the deadline or we're not going to trade you at all, which would be pretty, pretty insane. But Anthony Davis per game last year was the number one player. The year before that, he was the number one player per, per game. And uh, two years ago, or I guess, well, it'd be at this point, three seasons ago, uh, he was number two overall per game. So, this guy's a top five player. He's one of the few players next year who could be ranked the number one player in fantasy basketball. There's no reason to take him out of your top five, maybe not even out of your top three, unless you're worried about the situation. I'm 100% behind you on that one. Anthony Davis, kind of a uh, kind of an obvious uh, choice there to, to fit in your top, uh, top five, top three. He is a 1A tier player. Uh, but most of the players coming up here, I, I have firmly in my second tier. Some of these guys new to the second tier, uh, a lot of the players in the second and third tiers new to the second and third tiers. And that usually means a changing of the guard when it comes to fantasy basketball. Um, very, very hard to get into the second tier. And um, this next player, number 17 in total of value is a, a player who finally kind of like, took that leap that I, I think a lot of people saw coming. Um, Rudy Gobert, he uh, was the 17th ranked player, not half bad. He did play 81 games, uh, so his totals pretty high for his total values. Uh, 81 games is a lot for really anyone in the league. We're talking about 16 points, 13 rebounds, one of those few elite rebound guys. And over – two blocks game with almost a steal elite field goal percentage and not the worst free throw percentage in the world. Uh, this guy we've had in our second, uh, kind of in our second tier for uh, I think a couple seasons now, Tyler, this is a guy we really like to fit a, a role. Uh, how did you like his season this year? What do you think he's going to do next year? So, I mean, we saw this right um, in, in 2016, 2017, he finishes the 15th ranked player um, as far as total values go. And he got hurt. In 2017, 2018, I played 56 yeah. games, and then he's back, right? So I think this is a really safe bet to kind of be in that second round. I think he's a second-round player. He's, like you mentioned it, one of the very few players that's going to give you elite rebounds and elite blocks, right? He's probably going to be top five in the NBA in both categories next season um, as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine drafting Rudy Gobert. He's going to help you a ton in those two categories. Um, he's not going to score a ton. And when you look at everybody pretty much being drafted around him, scoring 20 points a game, he's going to be one of maybe two or three players in the first two rounds that don't. So you're going to be a little bit behind in that category. Um, he's he's the type of guy you can build a really strong team around, but you have to build a really strong team around him. Like you can't just go, oh, I got Rudy Gobert. You know, I'm, I'm great. I don't have to fill some gaps. Yeah, he's not your number one go-to fantasy player. He's elite in three categories, like we've said. And he's not so deficient in other categories, especially feel, uh, free throw percentage, where you can't take him 
in a roto league. He doesn't get significantly hurt uh, by those bad values in a roto league, unlike someone like uh, Andre Drummond. Um, so here, but, this might be this might be somewhat surprising to you. Uh, he shot much better than Andre Drummond this year, right? Yeah. But he also took more attempts than Drummond did. So as far as like we look at negative values, right? On on Basketball Monster, uh, Drummond's was negative three point two three. Gobert's was negative three point one three. So they were nearly identically bad in free throws this season. Interesting. Because Drummond took that that nice leap up where he shot fifty nine percent. Right? He had been plenty of those seasons where he was like in the thirties. Um. So that's kind of something to maybe monitor going forward that Gobert was actually very bad at free throws because he took a lot of attempts. I mean, 6.4 attempts a game is more than a lot of guys. I mean, that's the same amount Damian Lillard took, right? And we talk about Lillard always being kind of near the top in that free throw category. That's true. Um, I like Rudy Gobert here in the, in the, as a safe second-tier player. He's um, probably my guess – going to be a very similar player next year. I don't see Utah drastically changing. Um, Rudy Gobert is a very good traditional center, but in a league where in order to be actually an elite fantasy basketball player, you have to be an untraditional center, like, uh, you know, someone like Cat Daddy, someone like Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't see Rudy Gobert suddenly being vaulted into that, into the anywhere near that first tier. Um, the fact that he is because a second-tier player with being a traditional center, that's uh, that's good news. And he's going directly into his prime right now. He is 27 years old. So all I think all good signs for Rudy Gobert being a very stable player next year. I'm with you. Probably a top 20 pick, but probably near the back of that top 20 in the 18, 19, 20 range. Yeah, super safe. Uh, speaking of a guy who's super safe, but – like super safe for so long where you're like, when's, when's this going to every year? He's kind of one of those guys like every year, like when's this, when's this guy going to fall off? When's this guy going to fall off? He's bound to fall off. And then, and actually a few years ago, everyone has, uh, wrote his obituary and this is, um, well, Marcus Aldridge who has been uh, carrying the Spurs 21 points, uh, a game last season, along with nine rebounds, um, a little bit of a, a block, great free throw, great field goal, um, a very, very, very good Roto player, an old-school traditional uh, big man with great percentages. So that's always solid uh, when you look at Roto. For head-to-head, probably a little less appealing for some of those players. But LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be 34 next year. Uh, how, how confident are you of another standard LaMarcus Aldridge year. So LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, I'm not going to bet against it at this point, right? He's 34. It's, you mentioned yeah, it's it. hard to, yeah. But here's what I'll say. He's either going to be a steal or he's going to be overdrafted. I'm going to read you his last two, four, six years in total value finish, right? So we'll start with last season, right? Okay. He was 18. Okay, then 21st, then 61st, but he played and he played 72 games. Yeah, so. that was that weird year. He, he everyone kind of thought it wasn't going to work in out on San Antonio, and everybody kind of gave up on him. Yep, and then the year before that, 39th, then he was 20th and 30th. 
So if he's going in that, you know, 30, 40 range, I think he's a great value. If he's going at 20, I really don't want him because I, there's no value in picking him there, right? He's not yeah. going to be better than 20th. This feels well, like a uh, pros versus Joes kind of discussion where if you're playing with a bunch of Joes, they hear LaMarcus Aldridge, they know the name, uh, they see the rankings on whatever ranking thing they, they've looked at, they see what he was ranked last year, and they go, yeah, dude, this guy is uh, number top 20 pick, 100%. This guy's top 20 pick. If you're playing with the pros, they're going to go, man, this guy's 30, uh, 34. I don't believe in him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for some, some hot newness, and LaMarcus Aldridge will start to slip. I guarantee you there will be some slippage in uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in those mock drafts when, uh, when those extra expert mock drafts start coming out. And my guess is he's going to be, like, you know, the 26th best player next year. Like, super boring, super standard, not an exciting player to draft, not an exciting player to own, but effective. Right. And so, you know, you got to you gotta play the market there a little bit, though, and try to get a little bit of value on that pick because we know he can be the, you know, the 20th best player, but he's never really going to be much more than the 20th best player. That's true. Uh, this next player here, number... 19 a uh, new member and actually kind of like a i wouldn't say a shocking new member because he was uh injured last season and he was quite uh he was the second pick in the 2015 draft he's only 23 years old but he basically had his breakout season uh last year this is really really surprising to see him this high but it is because he played 81 games i think uh d'angelo russell for the Brooklyn Nets, um, stellar, absolutely stellar season, 21.7 assists uh, and over a steal a game with four rebounds and almost three three-pointers a game. Uh, his per-game values are not as exciting as his total values, but uh, to see D'Angelo Russell as your number 19 player when you don't care about turnovers is, is 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 a huge surprise to me something i would never have guessed going into this season uh yeah right and shout out to kyle McEwen. he's been beating this drum that d'angelo russell was going too low the last you know i don't know pretty much ever since he came into the league i think um so his rookie year he played 80 games he only played 63 and 48 uh the two years since and then obviously this year he had played 81 and you know he upped those assists and he kind of really just hit his mark. He's still really young, right? I mean, he's he was only 22 this year, so he's only going to be 23 next year. Um, I'm going to be a little scared off if he's a top 20 pick. I think he's going to go around 20. Like, the, there's going to be a little bit more interest in the Embiid's, uh, Kyrie, uh, some of those, those bigger names. If you're in a head-to-head league, Ben Simmons might jump some of those guys. But you're going to be looking at getting D'Angelo Russell at 18, 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. I would rather actually have D'Angelo Russell in the second tier, um, considering his leap, considering his age, if he stay, then some of these other kind of like sure bets, like LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm going to be one of those guys who lets LaMarcus Aldridge slip that, that I was just talking shit about. Um, unless... D'Angelo Russell ends up being the second fiddle on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and right, and that's where there's a lot of 
you know, um, what I want to say. There's a lot of fungibility with this ranking because obviously if Kyrie comes and the backcourt is D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie, like I'm going to be a lot less interested in D'Angelo Russell. Um, I Would it be crazy if we saw D'Angelo Russell's best season ever this year? Mm, I wouldn't say it's crazy, but I say it's doubtful. He's um, 23 years old. Yeah, and, and you know, that's going to be the narrative, and that's why I could see some people pushing him, right? Oh, he finished 19th. I could see some people f- pushing him up to that, like, 12, 13, 14 range. Like, I'm not there. We could have a Donovan Mitchell situation on our hands where everybody assumed he was going to be, like, the 12th best pl- player in the league. Uh, let's let's I mean, let's just talk about D'Angelo Russell's uh, ability to improve. Where's it going to come from? Uh, he shot 78%. Uh, free throw, so perhaps a little bit of improvement there. Forty-three percent from the field, perhaps a little bit of improvement there. Maybe a little bit better in rebounds. So I'll I don't say see, this: I don't see how he gets from second tier to first tier. I'll say this about the field goal, right? This the that was a big improvement, right? He is he was forty-one point six, forty and a half, and then forty-one his first three years. So even getting up to forty-three and a half was a giant leap. Right, so so there's that. He he already kind of took that leap. That now, is an outlier, here, right, in his career right now. Here's where it could happen. Right, he only played 30.2 minutes a game. He's never played a ton. This first year in Brooklyn, he only played 25.7 minutes a game. The two years in LA, he played 28.7 and 28.2. Like he's never played a ton of minutes. Now, could if he could get his way to 32, 33 minutes. Obviously, that could be a, another boost to his fantasy value. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is if he's like a, at pick 20 or a little bit after that, I'm going to be somewhat interested. If he's in the top 15, I'm gonna, it's going to be a hard pass for me on D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, and you also have to uh, look at the 81 games. Um, his per game number, I mean, he improved throughout the year. So like some of those early games – we're not kind to D'Angelo, but his per game value is not as good as his total value. So just just do pay a little bit attention to that because the next guy has a very, very similar stats and I think is a safer pick than D'Angelo Russell in the second tier. Um, and that's Drew Holiday. Um, 21 points, 7.5 assists, 1.5 steals, so better steals better shooting percentages uh, or better field goal still kind of free throw uh, about as good a little bit worse than D'Angelo Russell hits less threes but gets a a rebound more than D'Angelo Russell and if I had to put you know if I comes draft day and it's the middle of the second round and I see Drew Holiday and I see D'Angelo Russell I'm gonna go with D'Angelo or I'm gonna go with uh, Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday has done it over and over and over again yeah, fact. I'm with you 100% there. Um, is it better for Drew Holiday's fantasy value next year if Anthony Davis is on the Pelicans and Drew Holiday's on the Pelicans or if Anthony Davis is on a different team and Drew Holiday's on the Pelicans? Ooh, that's a really good question uh, because I think it's better for Drew Holiday personally as like an NBA player to play with Anthony Davis, just like I think it's probably better for any NBA player to play with Anthony Davis. But that does mean that Drew Holiday is now pound the ball, take all the shots, 
bigger utilization, bigger usage on the Pelicans, and that might hurt his percentage, but that would increase his counting stats. He's already playing 36 minutes a game, though, so I don't know how you know how much more that usage is going to to bump up Drew Holiday's value. Um, he's well, probably he, a little bit more value with Anthony Davis off the team. So he here's an interesting way to look at this, right? So Anthony Davis was relatively healthy in 2017, 2018, correct? Yeah. Drew Holiday shot 49.5% from the field. This year, Anthony Davis missed quite a few games. Andrew Holiday shot 47.2% from the field. So I think this could be a situation where, and now that they're, they're going to have Zion Williamson, right? So there's that part of it too um, that we were, we're not really looking at here. But I think it could be a situation where even if Drew Holiday takes a, a step up like in points and maybe he gets a couple more rebounds and you know maybe he's got the ball in his hand so he gets a few more assists, I think he's going to lose some you know field goal percentage maybe lose some of those defensive stats a little bit, having to expend more energy on the offensive end. And we kind of see everything come out in the wash for Drew Holiday. Like some categories go up, some go down. At the end of the day, the fantasy values are all totally the same. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair assessment. I, I feel really safe drafting Drew Holiday if I need a point guard, if I want to build that kind of build in my head-to-head league uh, I would in, that, definitely- in, that, in that second round. And I think you nailed it. I would definitely rather have him than D'Angelo Russell next year um, in a redraft league. Just feel a lot of safety with Drew Holiday. Yeah. I feel like he's pretty locked in. D'Angelo Russell is going to be the new hotness. Um, and right now that season is an outlier. Andrew Holiday has a few seasons under his belt being a uh, this, this type of player. So we, we kind of like to uh, revert to the mean here. And, and then the mean looks better for Drew Holiday than it does D'Angelo Russell, even though Russell finished one spot ahead, very, very slightly ahead of Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday popping in at number 20. Let's go to number 21, a very interesting number 21, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, everybody knows uh, Kawhi Leonard's uh, status. Um, well, I guess I don't know how hurt he is right now, but I, I think everybody knows the story. Uh, him in Toronto obviously led him to the finals and perhaps – by the time you listen to this podcast, has won the NBA Finals. Who knows? Uh, but only played 60 games this season. So finished number 21, even though only playing a measly 60 games, which means still Anthony Davis a better per game value. But that also means Kawhi Leonard when it comes to quality starts, especially if you're in a Roto League, which is about quality starts, uh, a top five player per game. So... Going into next year, Kawhi could be in a completely new situation. Chances are he's in a completely new situation. We don't know if the, he's going to have the same games limits, restrictions limit, back-to-back limit. I, we don't know really anything going on because he's like the, the the weirdest dude in the history of the NBA. Other, I mean, he's weirder than like Dennis Rodman being a freak and marrying himself. Like he's just weird, man. He's a weirdo. Don't, uh, he's like a robot. <laughs> Android man with no emotions and feelings, and he's and he might like popsicles and caramel apples. I don't know what he likes, man. It's weird. I don't know anything about him. Did you did you see the the question where the reporter asked him why he passed the ball at the end of game five? I did not. And like, oh man. So uh, you guys could probably find this. Google it. It's hilarious because like 
I can never, I can never get a read on his face, right? Like most people, when they're like telling a joke, like you know, their face yeah. kind of breaks a little bit, they're like giving so, it away usually, right? Well, on purpose though, for most people, yeah, right? Like they want joke. you to, to be like, yeah, haha, it's funny. He, he's just so deadpan all the time that like he answers questions, and I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy, I actually really enjoy listening to his like press conferences because he's so deadpan. He answers questions, and you're like, was he? kidding or was he serious yeah people don't even, people don't know what to do with him and i don't know what to do with him next year because so, he's he's absolutely could be one of the best players in the league I, he's I'll a say, great he's a top tier roto player i'll say this he may be the most interesting fantasy player for me now he was but i think he might have been that for you going into this year too because okay so let's throw out the the the, the nine game season in 2017 2018 Okay. What did you say he finished per game this season? Did, did you look that um, up? I'm looking at it. I'm looking at a nine cat uh, per game, and he is fifth. Okay. So, you know, eight cat, nine cat, it doesn't really matter. The three seasons before 2017, 2018, he only played nine games in 2017, 2018. He was hurt. Um, he was a top 10 player in eight cat or nine cat, doesn't matter. Per game, he was a top 10 player every one of those seasons. Um, he went, you know, and he made a, a big thing of talking about this, that he thinks the only reason he's playing right now in the finals is that Toronto let him sit all those games. And they, he might not be wrong. I know there's no real, like, I know there's some scientific evidence that, like, when you play tired, you're more likely to get hurt. If you play hurt, you're definitely more likely to get hurt, as Kevin Durant. Th those things are true. But it's hard to quantify every like uh, just kind of like a blanket statement for every single human being that like oh let's let's narrow that down to every single NBA athlete that because he only played sixty games he is not injured right now maybe he's playing better right now I, I would believe that than he would have he'd be less tired that makes a lot of sense but is he not injured because of those 60 games. I don't know if there's really a, a metric for that. Like, I don't know if you can scientifically prove that it's, oh. it's just more like probabilities. Probably you'll be better. Probably yeah. you'll, you'll oh. get hurt less overall. So like, is this the future of all NBA players? Is this, or is this just Kawhi's future? Well, well let's, let's look at it just from Kawhi's perspective. Right. Cause I mean, um, I don't know if you saw when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, right? That Mark Cuban put out a thing on Twitter that basically the league and the teams have to invest more money and, in, you know, looking at advancements in medicine to figure out like, when is this, you know, tendon, whether it's Achilles or ACL, like when, when is it more likely to rupture or break or tear? And, and so there's like a lot of, advancements in medicine maybe we can make too that can help this so we won't even dive into all that business but i also think the Kawhi thing part of him sitting out is in his own mind right like he's more confident and a happier person right you got to remember these are people if he sits out the games right the whole reason i think he didn't play for the spurs in the playoffs when he was probably healthy enough to play was he was pissed they wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do so you know, it could be a whole thing just in his mind and, and the team that signs him, maybe that's part of his deal is that, you know, he's only going to play 60 or 65 games because that's where Kawhi wants to do. 
that's a very real possibility. And yeah. so, you know, when we're looking at this guy for fantasy, right? Like in a head to head league, you know, I think it's going to be very, very hard to, you know, I think 65 right now for me is the high watermark. Like, I don't think I can say Kawhi Leonard's going to play any more than 65 games next season. So, uh, all right, put it, put, is that a, is that a bold, is it, I don't even know if that's a bold uh, statement. I, I think. Well, that, uh, okay. So here's where I kind of came up prediction. with kind of came up with that number and you can say it's bullshit whatever like that's your prerogative um i'll read you his games played um starting with this season right 60 he had nine he was hurt whatever 74 72 that was when though he was kind of getting a little chirpy right the rest of his career 64 66 58 64 hmm you know so you know, I, I don't think 65 is that crazy when you read those numbers, right? Um, so, therefore, what is 65 games of Kawhi Leonard when you could say that, you know, you're going to get 75 to 78 games from the rest of the players? So, you know, that makes it hard. I mean, I still think I'm probably looking at him in that, you know, 10 to 15 range somewhere. Yeah, that, that that makes it really, really, really hard to kind of quantify what I want to do with him next year. So let's say this is who Kawhi's going to be, and maybe he plays a few more games than he did this year. Uh, he's an elite player. He uh, Per game, he is a top-tier player. Totals, he's a solid second-tier player. Trying to find that in-between, you know, would you put him in the top half of your second-tier? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't um, know. And I'm going to have to really think hard about this in this sense, right? Like, so you mentioned it, right? The games I'm going to get are going to be really, really good. They're going to yeah. be at the elite level, right? So here's where I'm looking at this, and maybe this is an important distinction to make for the listeners, right? If the league is 12 people or 10 people, I'm more likely to take Kawhi at like 10, 11, because I'm going to have someone halfway decent to fill in when Kawhi's sitting out doing his thing, right? Yeah. If the league's 15 or 20 people, I'm probably not taking Kawhi until – I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to have Kawhi. Let's put it that way. Somebody else probably going to take Someone's going to snag him up on that turn. I think he's – I think if I if I could predict anything, a lot of people will still be taking him on the turn, um, and I think I would only take him on on the turn in a in a in a very shallow a league. shallow league or a roto, oh, right? Like yeah, yeah. some roto you're gonna get the, but even in a deep roto, yeah, then it becomes a, I don't know if it's a deep roto with a small bench, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not so like you can have a deep league and people sometimes don't understand this, right? Like I'm talking, you know, you could have a, a deep league by creating extra bench spots, right? Like two or three hundred people could be drafted, but they're all on someone's bench. You know what I mean? So in that kind of league, you'd be fine taking Kawhi. If it's a deep league because there's a bunch of teams and there's a small bench, taking Kawhi even in a roto league at like 10, 11, 12 is going to be really difficult because the, you know, 20 games he's going to miss, you're going to have to replace that with somebody who's not very good. That's true. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good synopsis for Kawhi. He's going to be weird next year. 
expect him to be where next year. Uh, we'll have to get more into that when we figure out where he's actually going to end up. Uh, so let's go on to the next guy, uh, number 22, a guy who took a little bit of a leap as well this year. Uh, was on the up for the Clippers, got traded to Philly. Tobias Harris, number 22, 20 points a game. Um, solid two threes, eight rebounds, and, uh, you know, half a steal, half a block. Those are the types of guys that we like. He's a all-around solid player, another very, very good Roto player. Um, Tobias Harris played 82 games. So, you know, he's not the um, – his total value is a little, a little bumped from uh, what his per game value is, but still a really, really solid per game value player. Three years in a row, 82, 80, 82. Yeah, he's a super, yeah, super consistent, very healthy, uh, and is going to be 27 next year, so right in the dead center of his prime. I feel very confident in Tobias Harris being very, very similar to this season as uh as he or as he was this season for next season yeah and, and we could even see more right he's a free agent as well yeah we don't really know where he's gonna be at kind of um, depends on where he goes but on that on that team full of uh you know in philadelphia with all those mouths to feed he still carved his own like he was still a really really solid player well and i'll say this about the philadelphia thing right like they they did have four kind of studs at the end of the season, but they had nothing else. Like their bench was very, 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 very weak. Um, so that meant lots of shots for the four guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with taking Tobias Harris. I'll probably have him more in my third round. Like I can just see a couple guys maybe below him. I'm willing to bounce up Ooh, here, right? Looking at okay. the, 22nd, the 22nd ranked player. I'll probably in a 12 team league, I'll probably have him more like, you know, 25, 26, maybe 30, just yeah, depending. I, I don't um, know if I have him as low as low as you do. Maybe uh, um, kind of near the bottom of that that second tier, but I do play in a lot more uh, roto leagues than you, so that could be why. Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair rating. Uh, but the next guy on this list is also from Philadelphia, Ben Simmons. Um, not a roto player that you want to have, especially if you're playing uh, turnovers as well. Uh, but a great player to build around in a head-to-head league a lot lot different of a player and he is in total values without taking into account turnovers in a cat leagues uh murdering you in free throws but uh nine rebounds eight assists stealing a half a game almost a block 17 points ben simmons next season like uh his actually his future is kind of up in the air as well whether maybe philly would be interested in trading him but as a fantasy player i don't know where he goes from here like this is He's still not shooting threes. He's still not trying to shoot threes. I know. I think he did try to shoot a three here or there, but uh, that's what's keeping him firmly kind of here at the end of the second tier. Yeah, and I think you know if you're in the 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 type of league where you're gonna punt, maybe threes, right? He's he's pretty negative value in those two, um, yeah. or you're or you're gonna punt free throws. Um, he obviously takes a little bit of a jump. Um, you mentioned it in Roto Leagues. He's very hard to draft because he's one of the highest negative free throw values of anybody. Um, but I, I, even if they trade him, even if he becomes the guy on a team, like I don't really see much different happening, right? Like his, you know, he gets a lot of value from grabbing you a ton of rebounds and getting a ton of assists with some good steals, with some good blocks. I think those are going to happen pretty much anywhere Ben Simmons would go. 
Um, I feel good about drafting Ben Simmons in a head-to-head league in this range. You know what I mean? In that second round, I feel fine drafting him. Um, I know I'm going to have to build my team around him. I'm aware of that, but I'm, I'm 100% fine with it. Uh, yeah, and I think we maybe you're getting ahead of ourselves being like, oh, Ben Simmons could be on another team next year, and I think that's just because the NBA has gotten real crazy lately. And, you know, the most like, likely scenario is that he's in Philly. Like, that, they're just going to ride that out. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. But, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, I think, is going to be – I mean, he, he's young, so, like, there could be room for improvement here. He could become a, a bigger scoring uh, go-to usage guy if he's on a different team. But uh, I'm not doing anything weird with him. As a Roto player, I, I do avoid him at the end of the second tier but the fact that he is a second tier uh you know and here's here's player that's pretty good for being a negative in threes and in free throws here's a little something to watch for ben simmons um 56 free throws in his first season he got that up to 59.9 so almost 60 um he can keep making kind of steady improvements in that free throw shooting eventually that negative value goes away a little bit so you know i'm not saying that's going to happen but you mentioned it right He's going to be 23 years old next season. If we see another, you know, he gets it up to 64% next year, he's slowly eroding that negative value away. That's true. Um, I, I don't see him going down in value anytime soon. Uh, another young player here in the next spot, number 24. Um, so this is, great- this is a super interesting guy because yeah. a lot of people assume he's a very, very young player because he doesn't have that much experience. Yeah. Um, he's not that young. You're right. He's 26. Right. So, you know, people, you know, assume because Buddy Heald, that was, you know, his third year. He was one of those guys who stuck around college and played all four years. So he's not a 20. He wasn't a 19-year-old kid when he came out. You got to watch out for that. I got I got, I got, got tricked up. But uh, he's heading into his prime then, and uh, that makes sense for him. Taking this big leap to number 24, he did play 82 games. This is why he's at number 24. Uh, shout out to Buddy Hill though. Huge season for him. Yeah, and you know he he did uh, up pretty much everything right. He became a twenty point per game scorer. Um, he is one of the best three point shooters in the NBA, as far as you know, just raw makes and as far as percentage. Um, I'll say this though, he's a guy I'm a little scared about in the sense that I don't know where he gets a ton better next yeah. year. He's like a broke ass Bradley Beal. He's he's really, really a very, very good shooter, but I don't think he ever takes the leap in assists and steals. Uh, the .4 blocks is really, really nice, but um, I just I, I don't see how he, especially on the Kings, gets any any better than he is right now. Which, by the way, is very, very good. And Buddy Heald, Sacramento Kings, often means completely underrated and overlooked in a draft. Yeah, I mean like if he's going at 40, I'm I'm jumping Great. on. Great for you. If he's going in the second round though, I th- I might find somebody I like a little bit better. Um just you know, just I don't really think he's going to get any better and he- here's the thing I don't like, you mentioned it like adding his steals and blocks together, he's at 1.1. Yeah, not not a not a huge fan of that. Um, I don't know where. I mean, that's not going to get better. Like that's been pretty steady, looking well, at, and, his, and at his career stats. 
that was one of the things when he got drafted too, right? Was like he's not going to be a great defensive player. Like it was just one of the knocks, and it's held true. Um, his teammate is the next guy, De'Aaron Fox. I'd much rather have him in a draft than Buddy Hill. I agree. De'Aaron Fox coming at number 25. Um, De'Aaron Fox is a young cat. He's only 21 and a half years old right now and uh, had a very, very good year, but also played uh, a ton of games, 81 games, uh, getting him up to the 25 spot, uh, much better in totals than he was per game value. Uh, It does hurt you a bit in turnovers, but you did see him um, head in the right direction this season. Uh, seven over seven assists a game over a steal and a half a game uh, became kind of a go-to point guard in this league. Like is going to be a very solid uh, kind of like second tier point guard when you're looking for point guards this, uh, this coming draft, I think. Assuming you're having the draft right this second. Hmm. Okay. So you don't get to know where he ends up. Okay. Uh, would you rather have young point guard D'Angelo Russell or young point guard De'Aaron Fox? Knowing what I know now, Russell or Fox, man, that's actually that's pretty tough because um, oh, for some reason I, I lean towards um, – I'm leaning towards D'Angelo Russell. Hits more threes. Feels like he's on – kind of like a a team on the upswing. I know the Kings were a team on the upswing too, but yeah, but I mean the Nets feel a little bit better in the 30 minutes per game. Give me for D'Angelo Russell. I give him the edge. But you, you know, right now you you made the assumption he's on the Nets. Um if they sign Kyrie Irving and they decide to use that cap space elsewhere to sign somebody else, D'Angelo Russell could be on a well. No, D'Angelo Russell is on uh, signed with the Nets, I believe. No, D'Angelo Russell is a restricted free agency. Ah, you're right. So if they let his restricted free agency rights go, if they're going to sign two, sign two max deals, Russell will not be back. No, but I actually like that. Uh, I I like that for the uh, the usage. That's fine with me. Yeah, and I mean that could be good, and it could be it could be bad, right? In the sense that. Um, he could see that efficiency dip back to that 41% if he's the kind of go-to guy on a team. Um, I'll say I, I think I want De'Aaron Fox. I could see Fox taking a, you know, scoring a few more points, getting a few more minutes, dishing out a few more assists, uh, kind of slowly becoming an elite steals guy. Um, I'm a big fan of De'Aaron Fox. I also like De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to be overlooked – in next year's draft, along with Buddy Heald. And along with the next player, number 26, I actually think this player gets overlooked almost every single year. Except for this year, right? It was well, the except first... for this year. This is the first year he got his, his respect, right? He got his due, finally. It took him going to the Spurs to get his due. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, a lot of people were like, oh, going into pop system, including myself. Uh, he's going to be really good for him, and I think it was. It was really good for him. Um, this dude, he uh, has gotten slightly better every single year, just like a little bit better here, a little bit better there, and that's exactly what you want to see from your NBA players. The only problem here is going to Pop's system. Pop was like, stop shooting threes. You're not good at them. 
stop shooting threes. Now this made him a better. This, this popped his rebounds up, his assists up, though some well, of those assists were due to way. injuries in the that point helped. guard uh, area for the for the Spurs. But Demar Derozan had a fantastic season, um, and he's a solid third tier player. Like he's just he's going to be a solid third tier player next year. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Dejounte Murray should be back. Yeah. So we see the assists go down a little bit. We could see the minutes go down a little bit. Um. So that's something to watch out for, right? Like if you're picking him in the second round, uh, that might be a little bit of overkill, right? I mean, we know what the Rosen is now. He's going to be 30 years old. He has produced second round value exactly one time, and that was this season. Um, so if you're picking him in the second round, I'd probably not do that. Yeah, I would not do that anyway. Just, you know, he's not overlooked now. He used to be picked in the 50s all the time, and he would always play better than that um almost every single year and now he's considered a a premier fantasy player and here's here's the numbers if you if you want them right so the last however many seasons here will go he was 26 in eight category rankings this season so he wasn't a second round player i I misspoke there um 25 37 31 he had 101 season because he only played 60 games and then 35 so if you're betting on him being 30 to 35 or you know 25 to 35 that seems like a pretty damn safe bet. I agree. Uh, next guy on this list will be the hottest name uh, in your draft next year. Pascal Siakam um, voted our best waiver wire player, most approved player, probably a bunch of other awards that we voted on. I don't remember them all, but you should go listen to that podcast. A very good podcast that we did for our award season. Pascal Siakam being in the finals right now, having some incredible games during this uh this run for the raptors and potentially like i said potentially could be an nba champion by the time you listen to this um played 80 games this year took a huge leap and he will be easily pegged in the second round of almost every draft next year i almost guarantee it yeah no i'm not drinking the kool-aid if that's the case because he played 80 games that's that's difficult to do. We talk about that all the time. Um, he's an auto porter type in the sense that he does a lot of things. Oh, good. Okay. He's bad, he's bad at really nothing. Right. And so we see, you know, little slips, right? Maybe it's he plays 75 games instead of 80. Maybe he does this, you know. And well, the, yeah, maybe his steals slip a little bit. Maybe right. his shooting percentage slips a little bit. And you know, Siakam should get a lot better. He's 25 years old, but he's a player who came to basketball late. So, I mean, I think that's why we're seeing kind of this rapid growth. But if you're going to peg him as a second-round player, we talk about how hard it is to move up, you know, even one spot when you get up there near the top, right? So I think a it, lot of things went right for Pascal this year, and I'm not going to bet on him taking, you know, the, the step into the top 20. Like uh, Some guys might. That's not going to be me. Name one player in your second tier that's not elite at anything, at any category. Uh, I don't have there, – there, to me, there is a – That's my point, right? Like, he's. I don't think Siakam's going to score 20 a game. So there's that. There's that yeah. knock as You're, far as second tier. And, probably, you know, the guys probably. who don't are guys like Rudy Gobert and Andre Drummond, guys who are going to get me huge rebounds. They're going to get me yeah. blocks. They're going to get me steals. They're going to get me this – I don't, I don't think Siakam's going to do that. And the the whole less than a steal, less than 
a block thing. I, I don't love that, right? He's getting a ton of value from shooting really good percentages. And I think in a head-to-head league, that's never the best strategy to go with because those percentages are very, you know, variable week to week. And so you can have a really good percentage team and still lose a lot of weeks just by, you know, one week Pascal Siakam shot 65%, but then the other week he shot 45. Yeah. I mean, you're, your best if you want to say Kawhi Leonard is your best non-elite player I, I disagree with you I think almost two steals a game is pretty elite 26 points is pretty elite so you're probably talking about your Tobias Harris DeMar DeRozan and Pascal Siakam and those guys are kind of in the second tier beginning in the third tier maybe even solid third tier for uh, DeMar DeRozan um, and Pascal Siakam doesn't seem to have the game to to take that leap into a solid second round or a, uh, a really good second tier player, let alone an elite player. So I think the hype's going to be high on uh, Pascal Siakam. And I just, I don't think he's going to fall to where I want to draft him, which would probably be somewhere in that mid third round, probably, you know, right around this 30 spot here. Um, the next player on this list, number 28, Clay Thompson could be on a new team next year, but Clay does what Clay does. This is what Clay does. He hits threes. He scores points. And he's a solid defender. Like he, he shoots good percentages. He's this is it. Like I, I just don't know outside of Clay going to a, a team where he's the number one uh, primary ball handler, point forward, whatever you want to call him. Which I don't even think those are those are not his skills. So like I don't think that's going to be anything but a, a little bit of a bump. Um, unless he's the number one option, I, I don't see Clay doing anything spectacularly different than he did this year. Yeah, no, I think we could see him take – if anything, I think he takes a small jump up because there's not going to be Kevin Durant next year. Yeah, I think that's it. Like he'll he'll get the ball more. He'll he'll score more. He'll be more like those pre-Kevin Durant days. Right, and he might, you know, grab a rebound or so more here or there, you know, just, just a little one less guy there getting a few rebounds. Um, yeah, I mean those pre-Kevin Durant days, he was scoring uh, up in those, you know, the mid – well, you know, the 22, 21, so it's actually really not that not that crazy uh, of a jump. Just a top 20 player two years in a row. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's there's good. that. Uh, if you're asking me Pascal Siakam or DeMar DeRozan or Klay Thompson, give me Klay Thompson next year. Klay Thompson's going to be great. He's elite at three-pointers, and that's huge in a league where you have to shoot three-pointers, and Pascal Siakam hits one, DeMar DeRozan hits basically zero so you're already playing from behind in a certain specific category and you're barely out of the second round maybe barely into the third round and you're already playing from behind in a category uh unless you're building your head-to-head league uh punt strategy around that not the the best move to be punting i mean actually you know i don't know i I would like to look into that a little bit more punting threes when everybody hits threes might be might be an interesting strategy but it's well, it's, we, it's hard because everybody hits threes. It's hard to punt. We talked about this, actually. Punting threes in a head-to-head league can be easy, and you can still win some weeks. Because, you know, you look at punting threes, right? Guys like Clay Thompson take a big hit in your ratings because he's, you know, threes are one of his best categories. But it also bumps up some guys who do, you know, the other categories well. But also hit some, you know, hit some threes, but they're not elite at that category. Um, so you, you know, yeah. 
and and you know having a couple guys who hit two threes a game you're eventually going to have to draft them, right? Like, you know, all the best players hit threes for the most part. Like you're going to have some threes on your team. So you're probably not going to be the absolute worst team in threes. And in a head to head league, you know, we talk about that kind of all the time that you can, it can be a good way to set yourself apart and be really elite in four or five or six categories, which is all you got to do to win every matchup. Right? Like if it's an eight category league and you're elite in five categories, you win every week, five to three. Yeah, I actually, you know, I think maybe we uh, should do a uh, punt category series, maybe talk about specific punt strategies or players that fit punt strategies. If you guys want to hear that, all you listeners out there who are listening in the middle of the summer, God bless you all. Um, find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Tweet at me at Watch the Boxes. We'd be interested in your feedback on uh, what you want to hear this year. Uh, but let's knock out these last two players. And these last two players are kind of like the beginning of like that, that, that kind of like – are we in the are we in the plateau yet? Are we still in the third tier? Is it the end of the third tier? Uh, we're talking about Eric Bledsoe and I think a player that will surprise a lot of people who only paid attention to the beginning of last season. Donovan Mitchell played his way into the top thirty via totals without counting turnovers, um, and that still every time I see Donovan Mitchell this high, even though I know he's number thirty, still surprises me. Yeah. Um- so we talk about Blitzo. Blitzo should be no surprise. Yeah. He's um, a great fancy player and not that great of an NBA player. Ugh. Right. Um, so his last four seasons where he played more than 60 games, which is, you know, four out of the last five years, he was 20, 36, 13, and then obviously last season, 29th. Um, he's just a real safe bet to be a top 30 player, if you ask me. Yeah, um, I mean – this is probably one of his better years, 78 games. He only played 29 minutes a game, so he does the right things. He's like your he's like your I didn't get an elite guard. I need someone who does assists and steals. Oh, Eric Bledsoe. Great. Done. Right. And and you know, I don't really have that much to say about him. Like he's we're pretty much where he finished is about where I'm picking him. You know what I mean? Like he's a top thirty guy. If he slips into the forties, fifties, I'm interested. Yeah, I think we liked him a lot because he was slipping quite a bit last year. Right. Well, a lot of people knocked him because, you know, the Giannis Middleton thing and, and this and that. Like, he's really good at fantasy. Um, whether yeah. what, you, what you think about him, that's that's up to you. Um, so the two seasons for Donovan Mitchell, we said he couldn't get any better, right? He finished 27th in totals his first year. He didn't get any better. He finished 30th. I think he's kind of in the same boat. I think he's yeah. going to be in just like Eric Bledsoe in the sense that He's going to be right around 30th next year. So. Yeah, we said, where is he going to improve? A lot of people are like, man, he was a rookie, dude. Wait till he starts playing for real. And it's like, basically at the beginning of the season, they started starting starting uh, Donovan Mitchell a few games into the season, and he played almost 33 and a half minutes a game last year. He played 34 minutes a game this year and did improve slightly, a little bit. Um, but pretty much had a, a Donovan Mitchell season. And when you look at that per game, especially when you look at that per game, when you're looking at nine categories, he's fine. He's kind of a mid-tier uh, plateau-type player. But uh, when you add all that up over the course of the season, 78 uh, – no, excuse me, 77 games that he played, um, it adds up and it, it does really well uh, in your – I'd say in your head-to-head leagues – He's a he's a very good player, Dom. 
Yeah, but if he's again, this is another guy though. Like he's gonna be what twenty three next year. If people are going, oh, I'm drafting him at twenty. Oh, okay, he's yours. Enjoy him. Sure, but I actually think there's going to be the weird like reverse backlash. A lot of people drafted him at 12, 13, 14 last year and just bombed the first half, and they're like, well, screw this guy. I'll never draft him again. I th- so I think a lot of people are going to be passing on Donovan Mitchell because I don't think they uh, – he was supposed to be – like it's just kind of one of those expectation things. He was supposed to be like the 15th, 14th best player, and he, ended up, he even ended up at 30. So even looking at it after the fact, you're going to be like, eh, he ended up at 30. He's not that good of a player. Well, like I, I, I think he's going to be overlooked. He might even start dropping to forty and fifty, and that's that's far too low. I think once he oh, gets into well, that, you know, you know, that's that's my range, right? Like I think he's going to be right around thirty. So yeah. if he's after that's far 30, too low. You know what I mean? I'm going to be interested if he's if he's even sitting there like thirty five. I'll probably be like, oh, Dama Mitchell, that's my man. Yeah, he's. I, I mean, I I just don't see how he has a worse season than last season. So uh, who would you rather have? You if you can have Bledsoe or you can have Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, me too. Just feel a little bit better about the health history there. Feel a little bit better about he's younger. I, I, I mean, just yeah. I like the idea of him improving a little bit. Uh, I guess if I'm in a in a in a nine cat or a roto, I might think I might lean towards Eric Bledsoe because of his good field goal percentages and his less turnovers, right? But. Uh, I think they're both kind of sitting around the same spots and I think they're both kind of like uh, similar uh, attitudes for fantasy basketball. Uh, weirdly, I think they'll be ranked fairly similar uh, next year and that could go either way. Like I, I don't know what these uh, alleged experts are going to be ranking these players, but I will be looking forward to the um, easily the best. In fact, scientifically proven the best rankings over the last few years uh, on hashtag basketball.com. Uh, I could see some teams next year where my fourth and fifth round picks are Donovan Mitchell and Eric Bledsoe. That would be nice. That would be a I, nice – those would be some nice pickups if you went big early. I am I can see that happening. You're right about that. I could see yeah. that. It could be my future – my future self could be very happy about that. Yeah, we and we're going to knock out the rest of this top 60 as the summer – goes along uh we hope you are enjoying your summer we hope you are enjoying the finals and the nba season never sleeps neither does the fancy season so if you are looking for advice for your keeper leagues for whatever you got going on you want to start a league you're interested in rules dynasty rules keeper rules whatever you can find us uh at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts and we're happy to like do a mailbag answer any questions focus on any topics the listener wants we want to uh, basically cater to to you guys you're the guys uh and girls who are listening to this podcast and if you really really want to support the show go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes we will catch you all next time thank you have a good night